Monsters are real. Ghosts are too. They live inside us, and sometimes they win. Stephen King's The Shining. Hello, I'm Kayla. And I'm Justin. And this is the Year of King, uh, the Shining Edition. Woo! Woo! Okay. Had you ever read The Shining before? I had not read The Shining. I had seen the movie, so we are further off. But yes, this was my first Shining read. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I'm just excited for you that you're yes. getting to read these books for the first a lot time. Of, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of virgin ground being broken here. That's amazing. Uh, what did you think about The Shining? Excellent masterpiece. Loved it. Loved every Ag- bit of it. Agreed. Uh, I think this is my third time reading it, and it just gets better each time. Um, some of the books, like the Salem's Lot, uh, didn't stand up too well for the test of time, but The Shining just gets better and better. It's it's perfection, I think. It really is. It's perfectly paced. Uh, the, the character development is is near perfect. Uh, all the the horror imagery is is just fantastic. There's there's not a lot to complain about here. Absolutely, I love how I feel like King. There's an old quote that I can't remember who said it. It feels like King bled on the page to write this book. Um, I can't remember where from, but it certainly feels like he is just put, like putting all of himself in here. It's Jack Torrance is Stephen King's worst nightmare version of himself, um, and I just think that it's such a powerful story to read. It is pretty remarkable, and I, I'll have to I'll have to re- refresh myself on the publication dates for those two, but I find it pretty amazing that uh you know he the the next book he did after the shining was the stand uh i think think he i I probably would have just written novellas for about a decade after after finishing the shining absolutely yeah like here's some short stories i'll just live off this for a while (laughs) i think he would definitely have earned it and then he just just went for it on the next book too it's crazy um and i don't think the shining really needs much of an introduction as far as the plot of the story. Um, but I, it was written in 1977 and it is his third novel, but his first bestseller, which I, his first hardback bestseller. Yes. Um, and I read that he had made some pretty good money off of Carrie and Salem's lot. So he's finally able to write from a perspective of I'm, prof- I'm a professional writer now. I've got an agent. I have made some money from writing and I found it really fascinating too, coming from that position, how steeped this book is and how worried Jack and Wendy are about money. Um, I found that really fascinating. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think he, you know, he captures a lot of the uh, frustrations of being a struggling writer and, you know, uh, maybe not fully passionate high school teacher. Uh, I think most of those, <laughs> right. if not the full-fledged uh, mental illness, then there's certainly still some autobiographical component to the to the Jack character. Absolutely. Um, also, um, 
I read that during the time that Stephen King was writing this, he was struggling with alcoholism, which Jack is very clearly struggling with too throughout the book. Um, how do you think he did working that into the storyline and the building of Jack's character and kind of the direction that we see Jack's character go in? I I was just very impressed by the character development of Jack and Danny. Uh, you know, as as I think is has been an issue with King in the first two books, and and maybe yeah, you know, I'll be interested to see whether he evolves beyond this. But I felt like maybe Wendy is the least developed character. Uh, I think he still mm. struggles a little bit with developing um, his female characters, but you know in regards to the alcoholism i think the whole thing is just masterwork in terms of you're not sure at least at the beginning you're not sure what's real what's an effect of danny's or or sorry of jack's uh alcoholism or mental illness and what's all just being hallucinated by either jack or danny and it's not until you're pretty far into the book that that you start to decipher, you know, what's real. Which spoiler alert, it's actually most of it. Uh, but I, I think <laughs> right. I think for a long time, he leaves the reader uh, as uncertain as the characters are about exactly how much of this is really happening. Absolutely, and I think it was interesting that you brought up Wendy's character is um, kind of undeveloped, and I think. I feel like he handles her pretty well. And I think if I'm going to analyze a little bit, maybe give him too much credit, maybe it's, I think Wendy would be the character that we could most easily relate to. And he doesn't give us that person that we can kind of latch onto and follow. You know, we kind of see her talk to Danny and talk to Jack sometimes and kind of get a little bit of background of what she's dealing with. But I think he just wants us to feel uh, just really un just really unattached to somebody who's going to be more reliable. Um, And I think that that really causes the book to be like you, like you mentioned before, you can't tell what's real and what's not because you don't have a good perspective of somebody who's pretty grounded in the real. Um, And I thought, I think that's really interesting in this book. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just the the setting, um, everything. And it is just done to, to perfection or to near perfection. Uh, right. Which I, I, I'm afraid it might make for a boring podcast, but there's just not a lot for me to carp about here. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's not like Salem's Lot. Like, everybody sucks and it's you know kind of boring, but he really just, he masters this whole book. And I do, I do really like the setting because he's trying the big bad place again you know he tried it in salem's lot and it didn't really work we talked about how this isn't really that scary of a place but he takes us to the overlook and it is just a very supernaturally negative place that feeds off of jack and feeds off of danny and is basically trying to consume danny and pull him in here and i feel like he really masters that sense of this place is bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> that we didn't really get otherwise in the uh sam's lot yeah just a fantastic setting um as as uh as someone who complains frequently about all hotels uh which i don't <laughs> like because Whenever I go into one, I instantly think about uh, how many people have died in my room and then <laughs> ex- exponentially how many more people have masturbated in this room. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's like, do not touch the quilt on the bed ever. Put, <laughs> Don't sit on it. <laughs> taking taking hotels, which I already find creepy, and then, you know, making it an isolated hotel that's snowbound in the mountains. It's just the perfect setting for this story. It really is. And I think he did a service to himself after kind of expanding in Salem's Lot to a bigger group of people. There's tons of characters and, you know, different places that he really pulls it in and we're set in one place. There's like four characters and that's pretty much it. And I feel like he really did a smart choice with that too. Um, And I also like that he, I don't know if you read about how his inspiration for the story kind of came about, but he was standing, uh, stay, wow, I can't talk, staying in the Stanley Hotel and he and his wife were staying there toward the end of the season, kind of a similar time to when Jack and Wendy arrive. Uh, everybody's kind of leaving. He mentions that he and his wife were eating in the dining room alone um, one night and he thought about how creepy it was he had a really terrifying dream of his son running down the halls looking terrified um and i feel like that experience of having that dream and then basically just putting your nightmare version of yourself and what you could possibly be to your family in the situation just makes it just perfect yeah agreed uh you know the, yeah the other the other interesting bit that i found uh while preparing for the podcast was that apparently the title of the shining and the concept of the shining was inspired by the john lennon song instant karma with the lyric we all shine on oh i love that i didn't know that that's yeah. really cool yeah uh yeah he, he cited that in an interview at one point uh but unexpected yeah, that's like really random, but really interesting phrasing for that. Um, I do want to talk about the shine, the shine a little bit uh, with Danny's telepathy. How do you handle kind of this telepathic world that Danny is living in and kind of creating for himself? Do you like that sort of thing? Do you have a hard time getting into it? No, I think you know. I I think uh, I, I think it was handled handled really well with the Danny character in this book because it. There were references to it, but he didn't. It, it to me, it didn't feel like the central focus of the book. You know, it, it was an interesting. Mm. It's an interesting power that Danny has, and obviously, it, it's a good way to to incorporate uh, the Halloran character into the story and get him back involved in the story. But it didn't. It didn't go so far afield to me as to completely take take it out of reality or something very close to that mm-hmm. oh and i do i do love dick halloran i think he's such a great character <laughs> i think he's just he's so he's so good <laughs> and he's so he's such an interesting character especially his relationship with dan really well done um i, do, I think is, he's just so you, great <laughs> he is and you know i can't i can't read the book without picturing him as uh actually not as not as scatman crothers from the movie but actually as morgan freeman uh oh i, I just yeah. <laughs> I, I picture halloran as morgan freeman i i love it i mean i could pretty much picture morgan freeman doing anyone who i feel like would have an authoritative voice <laughs> i feel like dick halloran would have like an authoritative voice i also love how he speaks 
when he's talking to Jack and Danny, or um, Jack and Wendy and Danny, he talks to them in one way. And then when he's speaking to Danny, he speaks to him on a whole different level. And I just, I love that, that he knows how to talk to somebody who also has this ability and is confused and probably scared. And I just, I thought that was a really interesting switch uh, for King to be able to make with this character. I agree. Yeah. You know, the, the one one thing that I would like um, a little bit more of uh, is the, and I, it's it's been a few weeks since I finished it, so I forget if I'm just imagining this, but the the the, uh, the maintenance guy at the at the overlook before before all of the guests leave for the winter mm, that's, that's mm-hmm. showing Jack around the place and. And I don't know if I'm making this up, but I always I picture him as being very Scottish. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I could buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wanted a little bit more of that character. Uh, just yeah, he I, was a lot of fun. I, I found him quite hilarious. Also, <laughs> he was really fun. I do. I love when King kind of has these um, side characters, a lot of good sense of humor, and I just remember him saying really funny things. I can't think of anything I'll talk to. We're laughing out loud at a few things that he said because they were so like funny and weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was awesome. How would I expect like a Scottish person to act? Basically, it's like funny and weird. <laughs> you know. Uh, let's see. I and I think I really picked up on this more this time than any other time is Jack's relationship with Danny and the way Jack talks about his own father's relationship. And kind of how he can see himself becoming his father yes, in a way about uh, yes, how a very, mean his father was. There's a very uh, twisted cat's cradle aspect to the whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that really powerful on this read. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you in particular? I know that this is the first time reading it, but anything like like a theme that stuck out to you this time? Uh, you know, we continue King's, uh, like we talked about, we continue his obsession with, um, the, the, the main character being a writer, um, which we <laughs> yes. fortunately get away from some in the next book, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, some of the things with like the head, the hedge animals coming to life, which sounds like a ridiculous concept on the face, but it's probably the way he writes it. I think it's you know much more scary than any of the vampire action in Salem's Lot. Um, it's, it's probably some of the most mm. tense writing that we've seen from him up to this point. Absolutely, and and I always think I picture the maze from the movie, right? Because maze looks really cool on film, and I'm sure in a film like the topiary animals would look like kind of dumb at the time, you know, and whatever right. year they made yeah, the Yeah, which is, is why they it made the change was because it was, you know, now you could do it killer with CGI, but, but in 1980, oh, yeah. uh, it just wasn't possible that in Kubrick's opinion to, to have mm-hmm. the, to have the animals uh, look realistic enough. So that's why they went to the maze. Yeah. Yeah. But upon reading it this time, I, I didn't maybe I didn't pick up on it the other time before. Maybe I was being cynical, but this time I was reading it. And I was like, "This is really menacing. <laughs> These are terrifying, <laughs> especially for a little kid when like Danny runs into them. Yeah, that's got to be very terrifying for him." And I also want—I know last time we talked about 
certain themes that we're starting to pick up on or character types that we're picking up on in King's novels so far. Um, were there any things that you picked up on this time that you're starting to see kind of repeated or that we'll see repeated in the future? Uh, I think he really, I, I think ret he returns a, a lot to something that he started with Carrie here, which is just the theme of isolation, whether it be, mm. you know, physical or, or mental, uh, you know, Carrie, Carrie was a very socially isolated character. And here we get a little bit more of that, uh, both in terms of Danny and his abilities and how he feels alone, but also obviously just the, the snowbound abandoned hotel in the winter as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, that's certainly one that's, that's kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, I've also picked up on uh, themes of addiction and the deep feelings of, I guess, guilt over responsibilities and family relationships um, that comes into a lot of King's books in the future. Um, King has talked about how he's had some struggles with addiction over the years, and he really does put it into his novels, I think, pretty effectively most of the time, because it's an experience that he's had personally. And I think that it's something that really helps him connect with the through his characters really well and helps develop his characters into people we can sympathize with. But also, you know, we watch Jack make all of these terrible choices and we're like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, you know, you shouldn't drink at the bar. Like, what are you doing? Um, but he keeps making these bad choices and um, we just feel very stressed for him. And I think that King handles it really well because he's had. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh you know, it's just it's such a remarkable book, and the, the the Shining is I I think probably Stephen King's most culturally iconic work. You know, if you mm. yeah, if you grew up watching watching The Simpsons as our generation did, or really any show yes. that ever has satired anything, I I would say any of those shows <laughs> within the first five episodes have probably made a Shining reference uh, at some point. Oh, and and 100%. still. Still, you know, revisiting this book as a first-time reader, it's it, there. There was nothing dull about it. There's, there's no been there, done that aspect to it. It's still a complete thrill ride from start to finish. Absolutely, and you've seen the the Kubrick movie, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and I, I know there's always a big comparison between the two, and I mean, I think both are really amazing, but I really like the book mostly because dick halloran does not die <laughs> yes and i was like yes good he gets to be the hero here instead of you know he goes all the way there and immediately gets hacked and it's like why <laughs> why would you do that to him um but i and that's one of the reasons why i like the book so much better is i just really like that character and i want him to be the hero and he gets to be the hero <laughs> yeah uh I will. I will say also, uh, we're on book three, and we've hit the first, in my opinion, the first Stephen King book without a uh, glaring medical error anywhere within. Uh, that being said, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm sure there are some in there, but I, it's it's not it's not my domain. Yeah, same. I I have no idea how addiction works or, you know, any of these things. I'm also not a psychic either, so I'm not sure I understand how the shine functions properly, <laughs> but how Danny can yell 
or a holler uh, all the way down to Florida or wherever yes. uh, Halloran is to get him. <laughs> I was impressed. <laughs> this seems fine. So looking looking greatly ahead in the year of King, have you read the sequel, Dr. Sleep? I have not. and I've heard mixed things about it. Some people have said either meh, it's okay, or some people have raved about it. But now that I've read it, The Shining again, I am particularly more interested to revisit it um, since it's going to be a little bit more fresh in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's it's a long ways down the road, but but it will be fun to to revisit uh, Danny and see what's up in his world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be really good. I know I <laughs> I keep looking at the calendar of books and I'm like, wow, <laughs> there are so many books. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot between now and then. Yeah, and then of course Stephen King just announced that he's book this year a new novel that we will tack on at the end of the year somewhere you know if we i i considered it i I said at the start that if we got through with only one new book this year uh we would take that as a victory yeah and i saw elevation which was one of the books he published last year toward the end of the year um i saw it on the library shelf and it's very short and i was very (laughs) pleased to see that since i'm in the middle of the stand (laughs) yes uh the 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 beautiful brilliant slog that is the stand absolutely and that's a great way to describe that book too (laughs) (laughs) it is well i you know i think i think we've kind of both revealed our stance but for consistency's sake uh I, I give The Shining is my first five crown book. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts? Same five crowns. Yeah. I think it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of it's fun, fast, well, just well made. You know, we we have a we have a poster hanging in our house that I know you've seen. Uh, it's kind of a map uh, with the locations of what it terms the great American novels and the shining is the mm-hmm. Stephen King work on there. And yeah, you know, I've kind of probably read about 60% of the books that are on that, that are on the poster now, but this was my first, first go through of the shining and it certainly merits its place on the map. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. All right. Well, any, any further thoughts about the shining Kayla? No, if people haven't read it yet, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Now that Justin's read it, like now you have to read yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now good. that I've yeah. read it, pretty much everyone has. <laughs> pretty much everyone else has, except for maybe a few people left. But it's it's just it's just really excellent, and I highly recommend it, of course. But I don't really have that much to say. It kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, it's um, if, it's hard. Yeah. It's 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 hard to do one of these when there's universal adoration coming from both sides. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I don't really think I have much criticism for this book at all. Um, it's just it's just so great. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we will see everyone in four or five months when we finally finish the stand. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll see you guys then. <laughs> all right. See ya. <laughs> Bye. For more of our Stephen King adventures, please follow us on Instagram at The Year of King.